that's doing? Uh, it's Victoria, and it's our virtual group class. I think we might upload this to the podcast, too, since we've been silent for a couple weeks. So, you know, if you can't see it, you can hear it. And you can't see too much because Karen and I are in the car right now. Uh, we are heading home uh, from an undisclosed location. Uh, but I wanted to still do the class, but I didn't want to pull over and not waste an hour, you know, not driving, but I didn't want to not drive for an hour. So first I want to point out my awesome, I have a ton of these at home because yay, um, chameleon collars, but I heard that there was a, you must cover your, your face mask thing. So we are all set for whenever we have to do stops. I also, I also have my sunglasses. Um, we have hand sanitizer. We are set. And um, we have snacks and stuff in here. And if we need to sleep in the car, we can. Uh, we've got Karen driving. Hello. We've got Holstein snoozing. And we've got Django in the crate in the back. Now, the boys shared the back seat. So how, first, I want to talk about how you travel with your dog in the car. Okay? So it's going to be a weird virtual group class today. But while you guys are getting ready, as we have people tuning in here, what I want you to do is I want you to get some of your dog's breakfast. Or I want you to get some kibbles. I want you to get a clicker. And... I want you to sit down and, and listen to me and watch me. Uh, anything that your dog does that you like, I want you to click for and reward with food. So say you're sitting there and your dog looks at you, you can click and reward that. If your dog sits, you can click and reward that. If your dog downs, you can click and reward that. Kind of get the idea? Even if it's something like your dog goes and touches the chair with his nose, you can reward that. So you can reward the creativity side of it or you can reward the stability side of it. And both of them are okay. Uh, there's different reasons why you want to reward both. Okay, so maybe you have a dog who's a little bit shy, then you know rewarding that creativity is gonna help out tremendously. Or if you have a dog who's a little bit rambunctious, you want to reward some of that stability more so. And what is creativity? What is stability? I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about creativity and uh, and stability and what what creativity is is new behaviors. You know, uh, touching your hand, touching your shoe, putting a new item out there. Maybe your dog goes around it. Maybe your dog goes over it. Maybe your dog goes under it. Uh, if you're sitting there, if you're sitting at your dining room table, take two of your chairs, put them back to back, about three foot apart, and put a broom through the the back rungs. Depending on how your chairs laid out, it might work. It might not work. But try to create a little jump for your dog, depending on the size of your dog. Is your dog gonna go over the jump? Does he go over the jump? Does he go under the jump? You don't name it at first. I didn't say about naming it. Don't name it at first. Instead, just click and reward that. Now, behavior, this is all me puffa stuff, guys, right? Behavior that gets rewarded often gets repeated. And that is why whenever your dog is barking like an idiot out the window at the paper boy or the news guy or the ups guy, right, or woman, to be sexist. Um, that is why whenever your dog's barking like that and you say, stop it, quiet, shut up, don't bark. What you're really doing is you're barking with your dog. And by barking with your dog, you're encouraging that behavior and it's going to happen more and more and more. Uh, you don't want that to happen. Unless you do. Maybe you do. Maybe you love that your dog does that, right? Here's why that type of stuff is so self-rewarding is because your dog succeeds. And your dog succeeds because the post guy comes, drops off the papers, and leaves, and your dog was barking, right? So your dog was barking anyway, and now your dog thinks that your dog made the postman and scared him away. 
made him made him scare away, made him run away, right? That's what your dog thinks. So what do people tell you? They tell you, oh, just reward the opposite behavior. So if your dog who barks, tell him to bark when he barks and click him and then tell him to be quiet when he's quiet. Now here's the problem with that for a lot of pet homes is you have now an acceptable behavior that's been rewarded. Will that be rewarded now? How about now? How about now? How about now? So while we're sitting here, while I'm talking to you, because I'm going to talk to you about how you're traveling with your dog and I want to talk about socializing your dog, I want you to just click to capture any behavior that you like that your dog does. Um, maybe it's a longer sit. Maybe if you have your dog's food bowl and a clicker and you're sitting down at your dining room table, your dog is probably sitting right in front of you watching you knowing that it's going to happen. Like, you're going to give me food, right? Mm, that's for me, right? It, 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 it's coming. So give him a few seconds, click, and reward him. Now, when you reward your dog, you don't want to reward him for watching you like this, num, 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 and your dog's still looking at you all crazy, like, right? What you want to do is you can either take one or two or five or six or ten kibbles, depending on the size of your dog. Smaller dogs use less. Bigger dogs, you could use more. But you want to take some of them and just scatter them on the ground. Even if you're just doing one, scatter it on the ground or something like this and have your dog come to your side. Right, yeah, you're seeing that. Like that. And have your dog come to your side. You want to release. When you click and you release your dog, release your dog out of position. Do not reward your dog in position when you use a clicker. And here's something, and I'm still going to get back to how to travel with your dog and how to socialize your dog during Corona. Um, but whenever you use a clicker, your click means end that behavior and come to me. So if I click my dog for being in a heel position, which is at my side facing the same way I am, if I click, I my dog has to get out of position to get that reward. Now, if I am going to reward my dog for duration, remember, if you have a dog who's a little bit you know, on the um, over energetic side, right? Um, maybe you want to work on some stability. If you want to work on some stability while your dog is in position, you can name the command and you can just room service food right to his face, okay? But don't click. Don't click for that because click does not mean stay in behavior. Click ends that behavior. It has to. So what you want to do is you want to, <laughs> your dog's in a down, click. Your dog comes to you, gets the reward. Your dog downs again, click. Your dog comes to you, your dog gets the reward. Okay? After a few times of this where your dog's knowing the behavior, here's the framework for teaching everything. I'm going to give you guys this. It's just not a secret, but it's my way of doing it, right? And it's the best way of doing it. So after you capture the behavior a few times, what you want to do is name it. When your dog likes doing it, and is doing it, so your dog goes and he lays down and he looks at you and he's like, doing it right you can name it how do you name it before you click because you've been clicking before you click you just say what it is down plots you know they don't know what it means you can train them in German you can train them in English you can train them in in Klingon they don't know what it means so you could tell them watermelon click and you can train your dog that watermelon means down now the kicker is you have to remember that and I'm not gonna remember that watermelon means down. So that's why my dogs are all trained in English. It's my mother language. It's what works, right? So after you do some downs, because you want to release the dog right away, especially for down when you're doing it, so they realize that, oh, this is what you want. You're not trying to kill me. Then you work on some of that 
duration. And how you do that is while your dog's down, before you say down and click, you wait up a second. I didn't, I didn't cut out there, I just waited a second. Like You just wait a second and click and reward. And as you're doing that, you can say down after you feed your dog. Down, your dog downs, wait a second, click. Now you're starting to do some, some duration. Uh, and then you can start doing room service as well, which is your dog's down. Maybe you say down and you room service, num, 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 that food right to your dog, okay? And then whenever you're ready for your dog to, to get up again, you can click. Okay? So when your dog likes it, you name it. When your dog loves it, you activate it. How do you activate it? it depends on what training tools you're using. Uh, I see up here that Stacy said, hello, the chameleon and click treat is awesome. Uh, and then I know Maddie and Tucker are coming on soon and I know both of them have chameleons. Chameleons are the best e-collars. And uh, what you wanna do with that, once your dog loves the behavior, once your dog knows what down is and is downing, how you can add the e-collar in with that, Okay, good, Maddie is there, and then Cheryl is the one typing, and Tucker's there also, awesome. And Porsche is considering getting a mini educator e-collar in the next uh, few months. Talk to me about that, girl. I can hook you up. Um, and I have an option um, for a Martin system uh, that is similar. It doesn't have the Chameleon extender on it, but we can get it to you for a good price, okay? Uh, and it would be, it's Martin system so much better than e-collar technologies. I've used e-collar technologies for years. Um, I haven't used one in a while. I, I much prefer my Martin systems uh, for two main, well, three main reasons. There's more. One is the finger kick. You have to remember what tangent I'm on. Um, one is the finger kick. Uh, well, whereas E-Collar Tech has it and Doctor has, Doctor's looks like a watch. E-Collar Tech's is so big, it's a huge button. Uh, and the Bluetooth is fastest in the Martin systems. Two, uh, E-Collar, the Martin system, all of their e-collars, right, the micro or the chameleons, uh, they have uh, an SSC patent and they have a contact measurement system. Okay. So you patent, they're patented on both of them. So they're the only company where you know that you have good contact with your dog, especially Porsche. I know you have a golden and with, with that, so what happens is you put it on the dog, right? And if it doesn't make contact, it lets you know. Now I just switched mine up using the Emily USB stick that mine lets me know every time I use it if I have good contact, which is really nice because sometimes it can loosen up while you're using it, right? Maybe you fit it here and then your dog moves and now it's up here, which is a little bit narrower on most dogs' necks. Uh, you know, it tells you that you have good contact. Now I'm gonna make up a number and make it sound like a fact, but I'm gonna say that 99% of problems when people have problems with e-collars is because of either improper use and that usually relates to having that e-collar not make contact okay so if instead of touching both contacts if one of them's like this you have to turn it up 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 to get uh to get that current to go through and then you shift and then you're just like holy cow so we call it the iii accidental overstim and that does not happen with the martin systems because of that constant reliability contact measurement system. Now, the other thing that they have is the SSC, and what that means is when your dog gets wet, either from rain, from swimming, from being hot and sweaty, from whatever reason, maybe you just gave him a bath, maybe he jumped in the lake, whatever, um, it is not gonna accidentally overstim your dog either. A lot of times, and I've had conversations with trainers about this, 
And I, while I'm talking, I hope you guys are working on shaping those behaviors and capturing those behaviors uh, first. But talked with other trainers that no, when your dog gets wet, it's okay. It doesn't overstim your dog. And finally, somebody says, you guys realize that dog goes, you know, a, a retriever dog goes into the water. And whenever they come out, you have to turn it down about one third of what it used to be. So say you're using 10, which depending on the brands, you know, but 10's an easy number to do percentages with, you have to turn it down to a three. If not, it can feel like a 30, right? And I don't want to accidentally do that. I've seen dogs uh, really scarred by that and have to go through some uh, rehabilitation with it because they were accidentally overstimmed whenever they were wet uh, because the people didn't turn it down. So because of that, now I love the, the chameleon, which is the big, ah, it looks like this, like what I'm wearing, right? Um, it's the big one. But if that's, if you have a small dog or if you have a dog that's, that's out of your budget, you can go with the micro, which is the smallest uh, receiver ever. It's the lightest. It's about the same size as the e-collar tech micro, but it's lighter, okay? But it has that contact measurement and it has the SSC and you can use it with a finger kick. And then their remote is the easiest to learn to use remote. It's kind of like using Apple products after using window products. It just makes sense, okay? So here we have some, um, some more comments. Uh, Maddie says she has a mini educator. Portia says, yes, ma'am, I appreciate your amazing training. I love the Martin system. So Portia is in our online course too. So I love, love watching what she's doing with her doggy. Uh, Nina says, so what do you do when your dog goes crazy when someone delivers a package? Nina, that is a great question. And thank you for getting me back on track. I appreciate it. Um, so with dogs, and I apologize, I'm going to try to not um, or like or so. Those are what I'm trying to get rid of. What do I do when somebody delivers a package? It depends on the dog. My five dogs that I have, Zoe is my oldest. She's probably around 15 now. And I don't mind when she barks whenever somebody comes because I live on five acres. I have a chain link fence that surrounds my entire property. So I don't have anybody who comes up to my house to deliver anything other than a pizza. I am okay with her barking to let me know somebody's dropping off a package at my driveway. If you're not, because when we lived in Gainesville and we had our condo, I did not want that to happen. I did not want my dog barking whenever anybody walked by. So you can correct it. Therefore, you can correct it, I guess would be better, so I don't have to use that. But you just correct it. And now you can't correct the dog unless you prep the dog on it. So back to my example about using down. Once your dog loves that behavior, what you're gonna do on the lowest setting on your e-collar, which is on the Martin system a one, on e-collar ticket might be a one or a two or a three. You're just gonna say down at the same time, same time that you tap your button on your e-collar or your finger kick if you're very, very low level because guys, not high level, start at one. You know, even if you're using an e-collar tech, start at one, chameleon, start at one. Yeah, you're not gonna see this. If you see this when you push a button, you are way too high, don't do that. Uh, but what we do is we activate the, them. So when the dog likes it, we name it. When they love it, we activate it. And how we do that is, is like I said, is, is we do that. And then I can use that tool for corrections. If you've been training, because uh, Nina, I, I don't know how you train, but if you've been training in a positive only system and your dog barks and you yell, and I'm not saying you're doing this, right, Nina? So, so understand that first of all. But I've had people call me up, my dog is bad. My dog barks at people and he doesn't listen whenever I, I scold him and I wag my finger in his face. Well, of course he's not gonna listen to you then. 
well, he doesn't listen, so I bop him on the nose. Why are you bopping your dog on the nose? Um, well, he doesn't listen, so I hit my dog on his little bum. I just beat his little bum. Seriously? Um, well, he doesn't listen, and so I go out and I buy a shock collar and I shock the shit out of him. You did what? You can't do that. If I've never trained my dog in... Oh, gosh. Hitting them or it, shocking them. Yeah, if I've never trained my dog to know what um, kerplux means, which means nothing, it's a word I just made up, kerplux, right? Yeah. I've never trained him what kerplux means. I can't tell him kerplux and then beat the snot out of him because he doesn't do what I wanted him to do because I haven't trained him for that. And if I've only trained him with, with nice hands, with pets and nice and love, I can't go and, and take a, a stick and beat him upside the head for not listening. You have to correct in the system that you're in. So if you're in a positive-only system, you have to correct a dog that way. And you can. There is a correction that you can do in a positive-only training system. If, so that's why we like to introduce. I have a lot of trainers who say, oh, you don't introduce. Why are you introducing this three-month-old puppy? Jacob was on an e-collar when he was two and a half months old. Two to two, yeah, two and a half months old. Because I was taking him to the Nipopo Gold School whenever he was three months old and I wanted him started on the e-collar. So what I did is what I tell everybody to do when they get the e-collar in until I can work with them is just do the lowest level that you can, absolute lowest, stim, treat, stim, treat, stim, treat. Wait, well then how do you charge a clicker? Yeah, how do I charge a clicker? Click, treat, click, treat, click, treat. You don't want it to be an aversive. You don't want it to be a correction, even though 95% or more of the dog trainers out there and most of the pet trainers out there only use it for a correction. They'll only use it to overlay a come when called. They'll only use it to to finalize. Any tool you use. Any tool that you use. Yeah. Prong collar you can use it. Pressure release. Yeah, so we activate everything before we use it. So Nina, while so what you do when your dog goes crazy when someone delivers a package, if I don't like the behavior, I correct it. If I like the behavior, maybe I want them to bark whenever a package is delivered because maybe my client is deaf and they need that. Or maybe my client lives in a shady area and doesn't want people coming up. Heck, you know what? Kieran lives in a really nice part of town. And while she's been home, her and her husband and her sister have all been home at different times. Someone's come up to the door and jiggled the doorknob. Then it knocked. Just came up and jiggled the doorknob. Why would somebody do that? Okay? And to test to see if it's open. So it doesn't have to be if you live in a shady part of town. Maybe you want your dog to do that, but you want your dog to maybe bark and then come and tap you and then lead you to it. So I don't want to, there's no bad behaviors. There's just inappropriate places and times for them. Okay, so that was my little rant there. Um, Cheryl says, the chameleon works really well. We also use the prong, not at the same time. They both work well for what we're using on that session. Yep, that's great. Uh, and so because, because the e-collars do not have direction, I never clip a leash to a e-collar. I don't care what brand it is. You don't clip a leash to an e-collar because it's going to move the contact points like this, right? And why don't I use a flat collar? Because look, all that pressure is directed right there. What do you do? You can use a slip lead, you can use a flat collar, you can use a harness, you can use a prong collar. It depends on what you're working on with your dog. Your dog needs different equipment for different times, for different uh, work that he's doing. So if you have a dog who is working on service dog stuff, a lot of times that harness, that vest, that cape that they wear is the indication that it is time to stop, start working. Now, that does not mean that he does not get to work whenever it's off. 
So my diabetic alert dogs that we do, my gluten alert dogs that we do, the mobility dogs, like any service dog that we do, I need them to work in or out of the vest, not just because I put their vest on. I'm not gonna say to them, oh, come here, Fluffy, let me put this vest on you. <sighs> How's my, my blood sugar right now? Okay, let me take the vest off, go about your merry way. No, this has to be a part of, of training and of life, okay? Uh, Maddie said she had no idea about lowering the number when they're wet. Yep, yep, that's a big one. And uh, and like I said, um, Martin Systems is the only one that does it, uh, that, that has, they have a patent on it. Uh, Amber says, where are you heading to? And um, we're heading home. Uh, we're coming from an undisclosed location. Uh, but yeah, it's Holstein and Django and me and Karen. There's Karen, she's driving. Uh, Nina says, I've been uh, taking him into another room and making him sit. So, you know, that works. Usually what I'll do is when someone comes to the door, I want the dog to either be away from the door or on place. Now, if you're taking him into another room, Nina, for that, uh, what you're eventually going to want to do is get to the point where you can just send him. So in order to know that he has reached that, I highly recommend a clack clack because it makes a sound so you know that your dog's hit that mark in the other room so you can answer the door. Uh, but yeah, I usually, whenever I do it with clients, if they have a foyer with, you know, tile flooring and then they have carpet, you know, four foot out in the living room, they have to, the dog has to stay off of the tile. It's the same thing you can do in the kitchen or the Keep bathroom. The distance, reward the distance, shorten it, shorten it, shorten it until he won't be reactive anymore. Yep. Yeah. So just, just work at baby steps. So what you want to do, Nina, is you want to write down your end goal and the steps that you're training to get there and what works and what doesn't work. Um, Portia says Mufasa is doing downstay while he's listening to this amazing live. He's calm. So Portia, one of the things that you can do too is you can work on rewarding that calm. I love rewarding calm. Yes. And it's one thing that I've had trainers ask me, you know, or tell me, not always ask me, you know, you're putting too much, remember, remember our words, our vocab, right? You're putting too much stability on that dog at a too early of an age. Yeah, but you know what? Whenever I learn to drive too, I like to know where the brake is before I know where the gas is. You need to know how to turn it off. So done right, you can get it. And especially if you're doing like Portia is doing, Mufasa is a service dog. Mufasa's the name of her golden, it's the best name, right? Like with their big manes that the boys have. Um, but they need that stability, they need that under, they need that, uh, that down state, they need that so much. So Portia, if he's doing great with that still, try pretending to get up and see what he does. So a lot of times if you do one of these and you just kind of pretend to get up, your dog will break that down, stay or break that under. And do you want that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you want it to only be if I tell you, then you have to correct that. And how do you correct it? You correct that in the system that you're training in. Amber says she's loving this live. Good, thank you. Um, Nina says, since it's usually a surprise when we get a delivery, so it's really unexpected, so I'm never really prepared. I'm planning to get an e-collar soon. Nina, talk to me before you get your e-collar. Um, because I'm going to do, so I have the online course. So you guys know about my online school, right? Online school is at learn, L-E-A-R-N, dot dream, K-9, that's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. Or if you go to our website, dream K-9, you can get to it from there. But if you go to learn, dot dream, K-9, dot com, then that's, that's the easiest place to find it, right? But we have a free online course for how to use your Chameleon 3. And we're going to do one up on how to use your micro and then your micro on the extender as well. Or just put it all in there and put it how to use your Martin system equipment. Uh, and like I said, I can get it's a really good price for just the, uh, the, the micro collar on a strap. 
or on a bungee strap. I just met up with a, a good friend now. Now he's a good friend. That's what happens. Um, talked to him on the phone actually, and he so met up with him virtually. Um, but he is he makes fantastic bungees, and something's a little different about his that other people don't do. So that's going to be my bungee guy. And if you want him, I'm not telling you who it is. You have to come to me. <laughs> uh, but Nina, so since you is usually surprised, see that's what the problem is with this. It's usually surprised and you're not prepared for it. So what can you do about that? What we do is we prep them. So you need to do the training before the event actually happens. And how you can do that training is set it up. Set it up where maybe you have, you know, there's apps for your phone, you know, you can find everything in the world on YouTube, a doorbell ringing or a knock on the door, or you go and you stand by the door. Have somebody help you. And you knock, 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 knock on the door, right like that, right? And your dog might not know that it's you. You know, how many times has it been whenever you're like rapping on the wall to find, you know, maybe find a stud or whatever, you just touch the wall a few times. Like, I want the picture to go here and your dog starts barking. It's because it's it's that conditioned response. So you need to change that conditioned response. Um, but you need to prep it first. So get the apps, get the sound of the doorbell if it's the doorbell. Record your own doorbell and play it back if you want to. Uh, have a friend come over and do it. If it doesn't Stay matter. six feet away. Yeah, yeah, stay away from it. Have somebody, you know, walk outside to go get the mail or go to the get the newspaper or look at the garden or whatever and come back in and knock like they're a stranger even though they can just walk in because why do doorbell issues happen? It happens because people who know you, people who live there just walk in, they don't ring the doorbell or knock on the door. Okay, let's see what else we got. Maddie says, yeah, when bringing it up, sometimes people think I'm nagging the dog, but it's not like that. I used to ride horses. It was a pressure release. Same concept. Yep. Yeah. So I don't usually tell people like out in public. I don't tell people with, uh, with clients I'll tell them. And it's, it's sad in a way because I've had clients tell me, why should I stim him? He's not doing anything wrong. Like I understand, but that is an outdated way to train your dog and it's not a way that I train dogs. I'm not going to train a dog using a, a consequence like that, using any color only when he's wrong because it's not a tool because you're bad, ugly, stupid. It's a tool. You know what any color means, right? You guys remember our definition of what any color is. I'll, I'll give it a few seconds and read through these and see if we get back to what any color means. Jennifer says, my guys learned the best is public access behavior time. So Jennifer, we've done that too. <clears throat> the problem is what if you don't happen to have a vest on you? Uh, so what had happened was Gypsy was going to group classes in her vest. I brought her once after I, I didn't put her vest on her and she was a jerk. Why was she a jerk? Because she didn't have her vest on. So I don't want vest to mean that it's public access time. Um, but a lot of times my vests are in my car. So whenever we go somewhere, the vest goes on them. So they learn vest equals I have to be on my best behavior because we do a lot of training at home and then the vest is out, the proofing stuff. Uh, the last few weeks, I haven't been using a vest on them at all because I want them to know that it doesn't matter vest or no vest, you still have to be on your best behavior. And while it's a, it was a bit of a struggle at first, it's been working out well and nobody's been giving me a hard time. Probably because of Corona. Probably just happy to have somebody out there. Amber says hi. And she's so glad she could make it for this live. Um, Nina says thank you. I'm loving your lives. I've learned so much. Thank you. Um, Cheryl says Maddie was having overstimulation from being stressed and frustrated from school and we started teaching Tucker paws up to help her calm down and he did well and he didn't have his prong on or anything 
Cheryl, that is awesome news. Congratulations to Tucker and Maddie for that one. So you could definitely do the pause up. Now don't forget, you can do a hug, which is the front onward. And then usually I wanna uh, paw at each hip. Um, and then they can put their head on your chest or on your shoulder, depending. Or you can do the lap, which is our deep pressure therapy command, which is from, you're sitting on a chair with your legs out in front of you and the dog is beside you. And he puts his head over your lap. His front paws and his elbow are on the opposite side. His, or, no, his front paws are on the opposite side. His elbows between your legs and the, his ribs and the rest of him are hanging off the end. Now when Arrow would do that, he would actually drop his back legs to add more deep pressure and that was flipping amazing. I need to work on that with Django. But no, that's perfect. So this, it's an unprecedented time in our history, right? Uh, they used to have, uh, I was talking to a friend and they said that there was a village in England, in, in Italy, um, that during plague times, like they isolated themselves for 50 years. And then whenever they opened it up, they died from like everything because they hadn't built up immunity or anything to anything else that had been evolving. So a lot of times we don't understand it, but this stuff has happened in history. You know, you've seen the pictures of the people, you know, in the bustles and the corsets wearing masks saying like, this is the first time they've been able to get out of the house. Luke had been telling me about plague doctors for years with these big beaky masks. Now I'm seeing it and I'm like, I understand that because of my son or I'd ask why these people are all dressed up like chickens. Uh, but it's happened before and it's a matter of, uh, we, you have a very me-centric view of the world, not just you, like I do, like everybody does every, everything. And it's hard, you know, it's hard with this. And so people who have maybe some anxiety or some stress, it's gonna be worse. And people who don't usually have anxiety and stress about things are getting it. And the other reason is because people are stuck at home because they can't go to work, they can't poop, so they can't eat um, because there's no toilet paper. But people are stuck at home. People are losing jobs. People don't know what to do. Now you can say, well, I don't want to pay my rent, but you know what? Your landlord has to pay their mortgage. You know, the electric company needs to pay its people, but I need to have my power on too, but I'm not pulling any money in. You know, it's a very stressful time and so many people are used to living paycheck to paycheck. I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to it on Facebook for the most part because it's sad, depressing, and while I usually don't have anxiety, this causes me anxiety. So I try to ignore it. If I ignore it and bury my head in the sand, hopefully it'll go away. <laughs> At least that's my philosophy on life. Amber says, do better. You got it. What an e-caller means is do better. It doesn't mean you're bad, stupid, ugly. How dare you not come to me? How dare you not listen to me? How dare you go and sniff that thing whenever I told you not to? All an e-caller means is do better. How we use it. Not necessarily how everybody else uses it. Maddie says for her it means freedom and clear communication, especially off leash. Oh, most definitely. I love that. Jennifer says they're always well behaved, but they know they can't visit with friends, take treats, sniff the ground, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. The reason I had said about that, Jennifer, is I have so many people who tell me exactly that. That, well, let me take his vest off and he can go say hi. Like, my dog knows the best, the best, the best, but it can't be. So I wasn't directing, you just caused me to tangent. <laughs> Um, Cheryl says about Tucker, he's been doing a hug, kisses, and sometimes when he's head on her shoulder, and when she sits on the floor, he places himself on her lap. That's perfect. So what do we do for those behaviors, right? For every behavior, any behavior that you want like that, whenever they're doing it, click it and reward it. Go to that room service if you want to extend it for whatever reason. Now, if you're doing a jump, you can't extend a jump by giving him room service. 
but you want to do that. You want to do, um, you want to name the behavior. So after they're doing it a few times, you can name it, lap, kiss, hug, and then click. It's all about timing, guys. Name it and then click. Do not name and click at the same time. Do not click and then name it. You have to name it and then click and then food. So don't hug, click, treat all at the same time. It has to be a couple seconds between them. So usually a breath. So hug, click, treat. You can do that. That's fine. And if it's a little bit longer to get that treat out, that's fine. That's not a problem. What you don't want to have happen is your dog comes, puts his head on your shoulder, he goes over there, and then you click. Because what you're clicking is for him going over there, not him putting his head on your shoulder. So that's that's part of it. You know, and people want the step-by-step on how to train, and I'll give you some of that. But a lot of times it's not a step-by-step instruction, it's more of a framework for it. And how I refer to it is whenever I make my red sauce for my spaghetti or whenever I make chili, right, chicken noodle soup, whatever you're making, turkey neck soup, uh, whatever you're making, what you want is you want, maybe you want a little more salt. Maybe I want beans in my chili and you don't want beans in your chili. Maybe you love chunks of tomato in your chili and I hate it. Maybe my red sauce, I want to add some shredded carrot for some, some sugar and some vegetables. Maybe you hate carrots in your, your, you're going to take a, yeah, I want to put some more oregano in mine. I'm going to say, I want more basil in mine. So they're going to be a little bit different, but if you have that framework and you know which route to go, it works. And it drives me crazy because every time Rich cooks chili, he's like, you say on here, I don't know what it says, like a quarter cup of chili powder. You say on here, like a teaspoon of salt and a teaspoon of pepper. You know, I'm making up those numbers. I don't have my chili recipe right here in front of me. But I tell them, no, it's to taste. Like, I, I want it on there. So part of me, unless you're baking, uh, and you're ma- baking, you know, like a cake that you need so much of this and so much of that, things like soups, stews, like if I want to do a chicken bake, like that type of stuff, it's all pretty fluid on what you want to put in there. You you hungry for this today? You, I'm getting hungry now. You want some basil today? Add some basil to it. You don't want as much basil? Don't add some basil to it. Like, it all depends on on what it is that you're hungry for. It depends on what you need that day. It depends on what your dog needs that day. You want a crap load of garlic in it? Add a crap load of garlic to it. Add some, um, you know what we do is we get garlic cloves from Sam's. <laughs> Tangent on Vicky's cooking ta- techniques. Um, but we'll get garlic that's already, um, car- gar- garlic cloves, right? That are already peeled and everything. And we'll take it home and we'll mix it up with some oil, some either olive oil or avocado oil, right? We'll lightly do it with some oil, and then we'll put it on a baking dish in aluminum foil, one aluminum foil baking dish or baking pan, and cover it, seal it, you know, with the aluminum foil, and we will bake that sucker for a while on a low setting, and we'll have roasted garlic, and we'll put it in a mason jar and put it in the fridge, and that stuff is so good, and it gives a deeper, richer flavor to to the food. So whenever we have garlic in a recipe, I usually add roasted garlic because I love it, we have it, and we need to use it up. So that's going to give a different flavor. So if you need your dog to bark at the door, right, we'll go back to that example. If you need your dog to bark at the door, whenever somebody comes so you know somebody's at your door, do it. If you want it whenever somebody comes up your sidewalk, do it. If you don't want that at all because maybe you live in a condo and you've been told if your dog barks one time you're getting evicted or your dog is getting evicted, then you can't allow that, period. Uh, say you want to do, um, like I said, say, say you can't hear it and you want that or say you want your dog to just alert you or say you want to do something and you want bark. 
you know, use that to capture it. So I'm not going to say that barking is bad and devil and stupid and ugly, just like e-colors are. Um, but it all depends on what people want. And you have to look for the future as well. Okay. I don't train a dog for the present. I train the dog now and for the future. Jackie says, hey guys, where are you going? We're heading home from an undisclosed location. Trump said we couldn't tell anybody where we were. Oh, wait, I just forget I just said that, guys. Um, but yeah, so we're heading home now. So we're on our way to Florida. We should arrive at some point in the future. <laughs> but I'll be back definitely for Tuesday for our, our regular podcast. Um, but just to work on capturing things. But here's the other thing, too, is you guys need to have a system, right? And you need to have that system. You need to, to stay organized on what things mean. Because it's hard whenever you don't know, I don't know what's what. You know, what, what are we working on yesterday? What are we working on today? Wait, did lap mean get on my lap or did it mean to sit down? Like, you need to know. There needs to be clarity. If there's not clarity, you cannot train your dog effectively. What do you do for that? You need a system. So get a notebook. If you're in our online course, download our puppy workbook, even if you do not have a puppy, um, which the puppy workbook I have put off updating, but I will be working on that whenever we get home as well. But you want to have that clarity of commands of where your dog is in each command and what each command needs. What we do is I will write down what I need to work on with my dog on index cards. I color code my index cards, maybe puppy behaviors, maybe service dog, public access stuff. Maybe service dog skills, uh, service dog tasks. Everything will be different colors. And I put them up on my wall so I can look up and see them. You know, what stinks is whenever you say, oh, I don't know what to work on today with my dog. I guess I won't train my dog today. But if you have a list of a half a dozen things that you're working on, just a half a dozen, that's not that much. Whenever it's time to train, you can look at it and say, that's what I'll work on right now. That's what I'll work on right now. And it makes it so much easier Okay, uh, I just, I've been doing that with Django. I have a list that I'm working on with him. And then whenever it comes time for a training session for him, I can look at that list and say, that's what we'll do right now. Oh, that took two minutes. Okay, what else can I do? Because your training sessions, guys, should be five to seven minutes. Seven minutes stops. If your dog is good, if your dog's getting it, if you can go longer, you can go longer. But just, just five minutes, just honest to God, five minutes twice a day. And you're going to see a huge improvement in a week. So today's Saturday. So please make that commitment to me and to your dog that for breakfast and dinner, you are going to train your dog through with his food for five minutes a day. And you're going to write down what you're working on. What are you going to work on? What am I working on with Jenga? I'm working on take and hold. I'm working on something really cool that I'm not telling you about on his heel. Um, just to make it easier. Sorry about the um there. Just to make it easier. Because we want that. I want that heel to be a amazing. And while his heel was fine, I want it to be amazing. His heel was fine on a prong collar. I want it to be stellar on a slip lead. That's what I've been working on with him. Uh, we started introducing the glutens. Uh, we have something else that I'm going to show you, share with you guys later on in the week, but we have a new box design. Uh, it's the box 2.0. And what we're doing with the box 2.0 is using it to imprint scents while we're doing the box work. <laughs> how cool will that be especially with the golden puppies who should be here in two weeks is that we'll have that ability to start imprinting so we started imprinting Django with well I started imprinting Django with the gluten scent we have a PVC tube 
with two end caps and so we put the glutens in there as well um, and with that we you know we're working on getting that scent imprinted working on the take and hold working on a better heel uh, playing around with some some other stuff but those are the big things that I'm working on so Jackie says yes clarity all the way so many people confuse their dogs because they don't make a note of things and we confuse them with our words, we confuse them with our expectations, we can confuse them with our body language. There's three main ways that people confuse their dog. So if I do this and I tell my dog to down, do you think my dog's gonna down? No, he's gonna sit because this is a sit command, right? Or what if every time I say sit, I nod my head, right? Sit. I could probably do this and the dog's gonna do it. Dogs are very visual, more so than they're auditory. They're scent, eyes, ears, right? It goes back on their head just like that. Um, so definitely don't confuse your dog. Definitely record yourself or have somebody record you so you know what's going on. And then Jennifer says she keeps a journal of everything we work on, especially with being a service dog in training. We'll need it for future proof of training so it helps twofold. Most definitely, Jennifer. And the other thing I recommend is everybody have a uh, an Instagram for their service dog so you can show, you know, well, here's Django at Walmart when he was three months old. Here's him at Publix at four months old. Here's him at the airport at four months old. Here's him, you know, flying. So they can look at it and say, okay, yes, I do see that you've been training your dog on a regular basis, that you've been going to all these different locations for the past, he's almost, almost year, okay? Cheryl says she made a board with what Tucker knows, what he's working on and what we want to work on. That is perfect, Cheryl, absolutely perfect. When what you can do too, so I write lap, and underneath it, I'll write DPT because for me, that's deep pressure therapy. And I'll remember what that is. What is down? If you tell you, if your dog's up on the couch and you don't want him on the couch, do you tell him down or do you tell him off? Here's one. I was playing around with uh, Django going over, you know, a climbing up and down a thing, kind of like an A-frame. I was playing around with that. I don't know what to call that because up, is it up and, and off? Well, off might be something different maybe off is jump up on me and get off if so would that work you know would it be over and down well no because down it so you have to debate these things and come up with it and if you haven't heard apparently Eskimos have like 20 different words for snow yes depending on how it is right that's why Floridians have 20 different words for heat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can do the same thing. You can have a ton of different ways for your dog to hold something. Or people would say about it with the um, stay and wait. So stay means I will come back and release you. Wait means I'm going to call you from a come. So you could do stuff like that, but then you have to be clear on what it is. And so do people who work your dog have to be clear on what it is. Tucker has an Instagram and a lot of people love him. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that, Cheryl. Tucker's pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, so we need that clarity and that consistency. Uh, and that's why this is a weird group class today because I'm not demonstrating with dogs. You know, there's Holstein. We stopped at a gas station. I'll give you a hint. It's at a love station with a McDonald's. And I think we're going to get some breakfast while we're here. But uh, you, you know, you need that clarity. You need that consistency throughout. Uh, you know, is your hand signal for sit going to be this? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be snap your fingers? Is it going to be... What is it going to be? And while you're training your dog, don't just stay hands off. Touch your dog, mold your dog, shape your dog, you know, get your dog totally used to it. If, if Holstein here, if Holstein has a hurdy nose and Karen goes to touch his nose and he bites her, that's not going to be fun. And you need to be able to do everything to your dog. So take coronavirus quarantine time to train your dog, to make your dog amazing. That's my goal whenever I get home 
is we have a couple dogs in right now. We have a couple lined up for in the future. I mean, we're still doing board and train. Rich and Luke have been doing board and trains um, while Karen and I have been away, but we're coming back now. So that means that everything's gonna get kicked into high gear. We have golden retriever puppies who are due two and a half weeks. in two and a half weeks. Yeah. So we are going to get those puppies started. We are gonna train up Ginger because Ginger should be coming into heat in about two and a half weeks, uh, which means that in about two months and two weeks, we should have another litter of puppies on the ground, but we don't want Ginger to not be trained. So Seth and Ginger are starting board and train. Uh, you know, they've just been socializing and, you know, working on things, but we're going to, uh, one of the things that we're gonna do in the car here, and I have to get from my yellow bag, should have it. Yeah, my yellow bag has it, I'll grab yeah. that. Um, we're going to come up with a training plan for all three Goldens. We're gonna come up with a training plan for Holstein, for Django, for Rue, for Gypsy, for Candy, for Zoe doesn't get a training plan. Hers is spin, like 15, there's some, some perks to that, right? But we're going to come up with a training plan for everybody. And the nice thing with the training plan is that whenever you dream about it, and oh, wouldn't it be cool if my dog did this, but you dare to do it, it's going to come true, right? Like dream, dare, do. Don't just dream about it. Don't just think, my dog's never going to have a really good heel. My dog's always going to be pulling like an idiot. Or my dog's always going to have this problem. Or my dog's never going to be able to do this nice thing that I'd like him to do. You know what you need to do is you need to write it down. Without writing it down, all it is, is is a thought. It's not even a dream, it's just a thought. If you write it down, it can become true because you're putting that into it. And if you write down, I do a lot of goal planning guys, if you write down like how your life could change with this, now that's gonna give you some motivation, okay? So traveling, back to traveling with your dog, what do you do? Well, you've got to condition them to be in the car when the car is not running. Open the door, you sit in the car. Don't pull your dog in the car. Just, you sit in the car, look at your phone, and if the dog jumps in, click treat. Dog jumps in, click treat. Get the dog calmly, willingly loading into your car. Once you like it, you can start naming it. Once you love it, you can start activating it through very low stem if that's the tool you're using or pressure uh, if you're using a prong or a slip collar a uh, slip lead so remember stay in the tool you are using if you're only using positive then you're gonna do click treat um, and if you don't like it then the training ends with positive only if you don't like it depending on what what training system you're in once the dog knows it and you know he knows it, then you can start correcting it. Alrighty? So it's little pieces of, of which you can do that now with Corona. You can sit in your car and load your dog into the car. That's the beginning of it. You can take your dog to the grocery store if you have a service dog. Uh, while you're getting you, toilet paper. While you're getting toilet paper. Uh, so turn the car on, little steps, okay? little steps and if you want to prepare your dog eventually for flying you can start practicing having the dog in your feet. so this is how I'm gonna show you guys this is the dash right this is underneath I've got my bag here but this is what we do to prep service dogs for flight is first the bag wouldn't be here my, my seat would be pulled back as much as it can I put my one leg in 
I open up the door, the dog comes in, and then my other leg comes in and scoops the tail. My dog has to learn to curl up in this space right here, which if you look at it, it's a pretty decent sized space. But that's how we prep dogs for flight, for airline travel. Okay, they have to curl up here for a car ride or more multiple car rides. Because if they can tuck here, the flight's not gonna be an issue. And if they can tuck here, going on Dumbo when Disney reopens isn't gonna be an issue. If they can't tuck here, I'm not gonna be able to get them on a plane. Maybe they would have to, and Holstein, giant Holstein right here, he can tuck underneath there. He's great, he has a really nice tuck. No matter what other people say, he has a really nice tuck. Uh, so you have that. Um, don't put off training your dog because of what's going on. This is the time to train your dog and it's easier now because you have the time. You know, your dog is gonna love this. Don't forget, you need, your dog needs time alone. Your dog needs time without you there. And even if it's a service dog, and it's hard, and it's harder because we have service dogs, but your dog needs time without you too. And it's been hard. I've missed Gypsy and Candy. I miss Rich and Luke. She's Miss Barry. I miss Barry, yeah. And they've missed the dogs and us too. Yep. But, but it's been hard, but you know what? Everyone grows more because of it, okay? And I think that's the biggest thing is instead of looking at this time of self-quarantine and corona scare and, and apocalypse epidemic is is something to be afraid of is use it and what can you do during this time because it's it's happening anyway whether we like it or not and we can either or be scared and sit and watch tv with the you know the doors shut and the the shades drawn and and, and be afraid or we can say you know what empower yourself i'm going to be empowered that's it exactly you got I'm like, what is that word? Uh, you can empower yourself and you can say, look, I'm not going to go to meet up with people because that's stupid. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go take my dog with me to the park, to the park, to the grocery store. And while my friend runs into the grocery store, my partner runs into the grocery store, I'm going to have the dog in the car with me. And then we're going to go through maybe a car wash if it's open. I had to get my dog used to that. Um, maybe we'll just drive past Walmart because it's Walmart and there's always people there. And my dog can see all these different people and all these different cars and all these different things. You know, there's a bunch that you can do. You can work on putting a bowl down and see what your dog does. Does your dog pick it up? Click and reward that. Um, does your dog put his paw on it? Click and reward that. Does your dog sniff it? Click it. Like whatever he does for interacting with it, do it. Click it. It's good. It's not bad. Jackie says, makes me think it might be worth having an example worksheet to give to clients to keep them aware of their body language signals and markers. Yeah. Defo, gonna do that. Jackie, if you do that, I'd love it if you'd share it with me. Mm -hmm. Jackie says, yay, puppies are exciting. And Nina says, she always has a problem with people in public. Jude is an Australian Labradoodle and people are brass. They always try to pet him even when my back is turned. Yep, so for that, um, we've worked with some and they're wicked cute, those Australian Labradoodles. That's what Peach is. Um, and Peach is wicked cute. Reward your dog for ignoring the pets. So yeah, if someone tries to, which people always try to do, means look at me, don't you dare look at them. If they look at them, there's a correction. So I can be a little bit hard on them that way, but you have to be fair about it too. So I don't care what the other person does, you will not look at them. And if, if people actually, Nina, believe it or not, my Malinois, um, Django, while we were driving, we were pottying the dogs, you know, at a rest stop. And a woman starts walking across the parking lot to pet him. Is that a Belgian? And I said, yes, he's a Malinois. And she keeps walking towards us. And I said, no, stop. Because she's like, can I say hello? I'm like, no, what? no, I don't want strangers coming near me. Get lost, weirdo. <laughs> especially this day and age. Yeah, especially right now. 
So for that, even what I found though, you know what, Nina? He had a vest. Well, he was using Hades um, coffee canine harness and it said service dog on both sides. And then Hades owner's fantastic and she got Django one of his own. So it says do not pet on the left and service dog on the right. And I was like, oh, you know, like I kind of want service dog to be shown, yeah. but so I would have reversed that, but you know what happened? Is that we had been out with it a few times, a few times, right? And people see that, oh, do not pet, I can't pet him. So I'm thinking do not pet is worth more than service dog. So you could try that, Nina. I don't know what his, his vest says, um, but you know, I know you had said, um, no, you didn't say, you weren't the one. Jennifer was the one saying about uh, how the dog's always vested. Yeah. So, you know, I would I would look into a vest, possible harness type of thing, you know, saying that. A lot of people went to cutesy, cutesy um, vests with, you know, all this stuff on it, which I can understand. I like cute too, but Sometimes the problem is... Too many words is too much. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them also where the vests are patched up to the nines, and then it says on there, do not, do not look. I'm like, well, then don't put all this crap on it that's just going to yeah. draw my attention to it. You know, stop it. It has do not pet on top. Do you have it on the side though? Because up on top, I can't see it until I'm right on top. If you have a yeah. big do not pet on the side, um, I would try that. Yeah. And then for, for car travel, so Django's in a crate. So last time that we were together, they both traveled in the back seat together. But what we found is every time we'd stop to pee, which is often, or get gas or whatever, um, Django wanted to get out to go potty with us. So we figured on the way back, we would um, just have him. So he's in his um, his Alcatraz kennel right there. It's for, it's um, what brand is that? Impact. Impact kennel. So they each have an Impact kennel. Um, but yeah, so so Django's in there for the trip home. So that means like this trip, I'm not getting him out, but I'm going to go in and pee. Holstein was in his Impact crate, but we needed the room for our stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did. So yeah, but I've got my sunglasses. So you want to see Vicky the Unabomber? You want to see Vicky the Unabomber? right and then if I want to be really mysterioso it's me guys don't worry but you know and here's Karen <laughs> there we go um, so you've got to protect and then what do we have in the door here you ask hand sanitizer and she's got hers and we've got one Holstein has one in the back there too the good orange one um, so you know you've got to prep so what are we going to do? We're going to get out there. She's going to pump gas. I'm going to go in and get us food and pee. Yep. I'll pee for the both of us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you for joining us. It was a weird live a virtual class, but you know what? It was a really good one and we covered a lot of stuff and some of it you're not going to understand. And you know what? That's okay too. Um, now we are available for video sessions. Uh, if you do want to train up your dog, your pet dog, your service dog, rehab your aggressive, aggressive dog. The only thing I don't do is competition. That's it. I do most everything else or agility. Jennifer says the problem is people putting pets and service dog vests to take them places and encourage everyone to pet their dogs for the attention. So now people can think they can pet service dogs is probably why service dog patch gets no respect anymore. You know what too, but that's still up to the individual person. You know, again, I can't, I can't, I, I can get mad at you and bitch about, well, not at you, but like I can get mad at that person and bitch about that person, that that dog's not a service dog. But at the end of the day, all it's going to do is frustrate me and nothing's going to get done over it unless I get vocal on here for it. So for that, you know, like, no, you don't pet. No, you don't touch. Even Django, who looks like a mini werewolf, people want to. 
Jennifer says, lots of info. Love the live. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And I can't wait to see what you guys do. Tag us on Instagram and Facebook. Do you work with OCD Behaviors? Catherine, you betcha we do. Mm -hmm. A lot. Mm -hmm. And we see huge results from it. So, yeah, yep. check us out at Dream K9. That's D-R-E-A-M, Dream, K9, letter K number nine, dot com. Uh, you can reach out to us there. You can reach out to us here via Facebook Messenger. You can um, message us, I think, anyway. But going through the website, we have a contact form. And it, that's nice. You know, it works out well. You can see us. You can read up a little about, about us, about our training. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram. We are all over the place. And uh, when the puppies come, they'll be through Hope Service Dogs. So make sure that you like, share, subscribe to Hope Service Dogs. Um, Instagram, YouTube. We only have, I think, one video up on YouTube so far. But um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook hope service dogs and you're going to be able to see puppies we're going to do a puppy cam at some point yes. with a donation button because it'll be nice but not right away because you know corona everyone just needs to see puppies right now make them feel happy okay so i will see you guys like i said message message us on facebook if you have any questions if you want any private sessions um if you need help miss the beginning but we'll watch again safe travels thank you jackie i'd say in youtube but I don't think you're traveling. So you guys have a fantastic weekend. Train your dog. Start with those lists. Send, tag me in your pictures at Dream Dogs or at Dream K9, depending on if you're on Facebook or Insta. Um, but tag us so I can see what you're doing. And you know what? If you do that, I'll share it too. If you want me to. Um, or if you want it to be for my eyes only, just message it to me so I can see what you're all working on. Because I'm nosy that way. Okay? Have fun. Peace out. Take care. Bye.